So you're a computer science major. Now what? Hi, welcome to Apex, a new podcast by ACM. I'm your host, Carlos, and as you know, computer science is a degree offered here at the University of Houston downtown. Most of you have already begun working towards this degree, and some of you are just getting started. Let me ask you this. In your own words, how would you describe computer science? When I first started computer science, I thought it was just coding and making programs all together. I never really had much coding experience when I started in college. The only experience I've ever had in the world of computer science was cybersecurity, and it was a class that I took in my junior year of high school. Uh, we mostly did lectures about the types of hacks we could encounter and also learn about the culture surrounding hackers and cybersecurity. Also, we dabbled into some PC building and did robotics where we entered in competitions and yours truly won best in show at city tournament. And also later on would win second place at a competition in Corpus Christi. Also at the time, I was a fan of the show Mr. Robot. And yes, you heard me, the world of computer science. This degree or field as some would call it is very broad and there's a lot of paths to choose from. Others include your hardware, your software, computer networking, programming language, cloud computing, and more. The problem is, is that the computer science field is ever growing and new fields of study are increasing, but that isn't entirely too bad. See, computer science is now a part of almost every industry and there's so much to do. According to the, Labor, uh, the Bureau of Labor and Statistics, they said employment of computer and information technology occupation is projected to grow 12% from 2018 to 2028, much faster than the average for all occupations. These occupations are projected at about 546,200 new jobs. Demand for these workers will stem from a greater emphasis on cloud computing, the collection and storage of big data, and information security. The median annual wage for computer and information technology occupation was $88,240 in May of 2019, which is higher than the median annual wage for all occupations, which was $39,810. And also, I found out on Glassdoor that the average base pay for a computer scientist is $99,000 a year. And in the greater Houston area, the base pay is $83,000 a year. Furthermore, the growth of computer science jobs are not just a great interest of tech companies, but all other types as well. 
Sam Gavis Houston, the CEO and founder of Byte Byte Byte, a company that helps aspiring software engineers prepare for job interviews as prestigious tech companies like Amazon and Facebook, said, and I quote, one of the greatest things about a computer science degree is that it allows you to work in whatever industry you desire. He follows. Every single industry requires programmers, so you can decide what path you want to pursue. For example, you could, work, you could do software development and work for Warby Parker and be in the fashion industry, or for Google doing artificial intelligent type projects. If you're into cars, you could work for, big auto, for a big auto company and write software for their vehicles. The possibilities are endless." End quote. Also, the vast amount of opportunities of a computer science degree as, as well. Just ask Greg Law, the co-founder and chief technology officer at the Undo Software, which operates both in the UK and the US, says computer science positions are plentiful and there are interesting jobs available to computer science degree holders. He continues, the great thing about a computer science degree, however, is that today every company is becoming a software company. So a degree in computer science gives you access to a more diverse range of opportunities and industries than almost any other qualification. That, for example, a PhD degree is typically necessary for research-intensive computer science positions, but many computer science careers are attainable with only a bachelor's or a master's degree. So you have a lot of opportunities, not just from the number of jobs, but from different types of industries looking for CS graduates. But there's one thing I haven't discussed yet for a CS major to be familiar with, and that is programming languages. Now, programming languages are a set of instructions that are used to make certain kinds of output. It is noted that one should know some of these languages, which are the most used right now. But before we get into that, let's talk about the types of programming languages. Well, there's object-oriented programming, OOP for short, where there is mostly considered the most widely used coding language and makes up most of the computing world today. Object-oriented programming is built on objects and data structures that both contain data and code, and the, object, uh, the objects are able to modify themselves, and everything is an object that can have values and executable code. Each object is unique and can be reused, but can be different from other objects' values. Next, we have functional programming. Next to object-oriented programming, functional programming focuses on pure mathematical functions and immutable data, which is data that cannot be changed once it's been created. Next is procedural programming, where the way it works is it gives specific instructions to your computer or devices on how to accomplish its goals through logic and step-by-step -step process. Procedural languages view data as separate from procedures and impacts how developers utilize it. Next, we have logical programming, which programs statements, express facts, and rules about problems within a system. Lastly, we have database programming. This is the heart of the business information systems and provides file creation, data entry, update, query, and reporting functions. But the reason why we have programming languages is because the base language computers speak is binary, which is just ones and zeros, and it's too difficult to be, for someone to speak that. You would actually have to be an actual computer to speak to a computer to have some kind of a communication. So we have a sort of in-between language between us and the computers, for there to be us giving effective orders to computers in a reasonable amount of time. So it really depends on what kind of programming projects you want to do, but programming languages you should know or be familiar with are C++, Python, Java, JavaScript, HTML, and others. But those are the ones I personally recommend you and 
also ones that you should be teaching yourself in your free time. But here at UHD, and also being part of the ACM community, you'll be exposed to most of these languages I've mentioned. But with programming languages, you're going to need an IDE. And no, that is not a bomb that is spelled differently. Nice try. An IDE, which stands for Integrated Development Environment, is a place where programmers are able to build programs in a space that not only houses a place to code, but is a text editing place as well, where you're able to do such things such as editing source code, auto-completing commands in your program. Nice. And finally, debugging, which is something of a godsend for us programmers. Debugging is simply like a spell and check, a grammar check, with, but a little bit more extensive. You can see when you run a program and nothing runs or nothing, there's no output, debugging can spot the errors and suggest a fix for those errors. Actually, when I was researching this episode, I found out that IDE in Serbia means it's going, which I think it fits perfectly when you're trying to run something. You're hoping your code, your, uh, code runs you're hoping it it's going to run basically food for thought that's all now the type of ides are the same in terms of what they are as text editors but they have certain specialty to what kind of programs you are making some ides like microsoft's visual studio or visual studio code are great for making programs websites etc visual studio works on windows machines but visual studio code works on non-windows machines like mac uh, there's Xcode, which is an IDE from Apple, which is good for those who want to make iOS apps and programs for iOS devices. This is usually available for those who have Apple computers. Another is Android Studio, which is an IDE that is great for making Android apps for Android devices. It is like it is also the official IDE for Google. Anaconda is also good for those interested in writing Python. I personally like it, and I believe in your degree mathematics class, you're able to learn the basics of the language and the IDE. And for those who haven't taken discrete mathematics, I highly recommend Dr. Abbott. I took him, I learned a lot from him. And as I mentioned before, the language, Python and the IDE and Anaconda in that class. So something to consider. With programming comes with what you wanna create. So here are some programming projects that I pulled up that you can not only what you can make, but also what you'll learn from making them. So the first one is make your own Pac-Man game, which is pretty cool for those that play a lot of video games and at one point in their life thought about making their own. So the process to start by this is that you'll be able to learn about the movement of entities, detecting keys when they're being pressed, collision detections, and if you wanna go the extra mile, you can add steering behavior for your ghost. Another project you can do is user administration. And this will teach you the fundamentals of development. You will learn things like routing, handling forms, and validation of user input, and interacting with user database, where you'll be able to read, update, create, and delete actions. Now, those are some few beginner projects I just recommended, but you know, there's always more complex stuff, like you know, making a program that detects COVID-19 while using machine learning. I don't know, uh, whatever IDE you decide to use, that is your playground, that is your oyster. It's up to you, basically. So now, what we like to do on the show is hear from the world. And that world is our own computer science world. So I'm going to ask a fellow computer science, a fellow computer science student, who, whom of which is currently a student here at UHD, and ask for their two cents of why people should major in computer science and also learn why they 
decided to major in this field. So let's go find out. So my first guest on the show is a friend of mine and a former ACM officer. He's also the president of the Muslim Student Association, or MSA for short. My first guest on the first episode of Apex is Sean Ijaz. Hi, Sean. Hey, Carlos. How's it going? I'm good. You? I'm doing pretty good. So, uh, Sean, tell us about yourself. So, my name is Sean Ijaz. I am currently a computer science major, um, studying computer science, of course. And I'll be graduating this uh, fall semester of 2020. Okay, good, good. So, this semester, basically, man? Yeah, this semester, basically, yes. Wow. I mean, you know, uh, it's crazy. Uh, how do you feel about, well, how do you feel, first of all? Uh, I feel pretty good. Um, it's, uh, I've, I started originally at Lone Star. I did make my basics over there, and then, like, all my CS courses I did pretty much over here. So, just to, you know, finally be at the stretch, uh, it feels good. That's good, man. You deserve it. Uh, Sean, my next question is, how would you uh, yourself describe computer science in your own words? So I would say it's the creative minds behind technology, because as technology increases, the computer science majors are the ones that basically develop these. So I would, in, in short, I would say uh, creative minds behind technology. Okay, good, good. Um, so Sean, tell us about your journey. How did you get into CS? So um, I got into CS because I personally like to work with uh, technology and computers. And uh, a lot of my cousins are actually in the field. So I asked them, you know, like, because they're in IT and CS and things like that. Hmm. So I asked them about it. And they gave me some, um, you know, info about it and what the field is like. And I developed interest from there. So then um, I started to pursue that degree. All right. So you um, you got family? Uh, yeah, m majority of my cousins are in it. Yes. Okay. Cool. Cool. So, uh, Sean, as a CS student and also fu uh, a future graduate, um, what's a good tip that you would give to someone trying to learn a new language? So, um, when I first learned a new language, um, it was C plus plus, and I took it here at UHD. Mm. Uh, when I first took the class, I was completely lost. Um, I actually ended up having, having to retake it. But one thing I would say is that if you are lost like that, it's okay. Um, cause essentially you're learning a new language and the concepts and like the learning experience, it's going to be different than maybe what you've experienced before. So my advice would be just to give it some time, you know, you'll need to practice, um, on, on the side. So, you know, maybe try to ask your friends for help, but, the the key is practice. And like, there's so many languages out there. So you might freak out like, oh, okay. And like, okay, I know, I know C++, but now there's Java and now there's C Sharp or now there's Python. You don't have to worry about that. Cause once you get one language down, the concept is basically the same and all the other languages, just um, the syntax is uh, essentially the main difference. So um, first I'm going to a language, it's gonna be new. Uh, you might not understand it at first, and that's okay. Just give it some time, give it some practice. And uh, once you do, you'll be able to learn everything else. All right. Thank you for the tip, man. So, yeah, listeners, um, take in consideration what Sean does. Um, you know, I had you once for my first CS class. I think it was Intro to C++ uh, with uh, Dr. Oberhoff. Yeah, I had him. Uh, 
Yeah, I was in the same class. I know we didn't talk that much, but yeah. Um, but like, yeah, I also I'll admit I did have a bit of issues, and I did went to like um, SI for help. Right. Yeah, SI really helped me out. So, uh, Sean. So, uh, for all of our listeners, specifically our CS majors, uh, what do you think is a good thing they need to do outside of school? Besides, you know, this could range from like either learning a language or, uh you know brushing up on projects and stuff like that like what did they need what do you think they should do outside of school work uh so outside of um your school work like uh, as far as outside of classes i would say uh be involved in a club like acm like we have um all like different type of uh programs workshops that we do uh because in cl- in school you learn more of the uh the concepts and you get some practice which is good but the real practice comes from uh, outside of school, which you apply outside of school. And ACM, we try to do that. You know, we try to apply practical examples to our workshops and events. Um, and then, like I said, practice uh, 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 at home as well. Um, if you have some projects that you have in mind that you would like to work on, start working on maybe some small projects that you have in mind, because um, uh, that, that will really help your programming skills uh, improve. I like that answer. Uh, giving a shout out to the organization. Uh, by the way, listeners, uh, my paycheck is managed by how many times I reference ACM. So ACM, thank you. ACM, ACM. <laughs> uh, Sean, uh, what would you say are the pros and cons of CS? At least name one pro and one con. So the pro is uh, CS is a growing industry. Um, and jobs are always going to be needed for this industry. So, um, and plus actually a lot of jobs are basically being replaced by work that's done by CS. So that's one pro. Uh, another pro is, um, uh, so yeah, like I said, um, and you, you, you can learn like a lot of new things, you know, you can learn new skills. Uh, and if you're really into like computer stuff and programming, uh, you can like, um, enhance your skills to uh, apply to a certain project. Uh, so for one con I would say is um, a lot of these programs that you might program might get a little bit stressful and maybe frustrating because sometimes like there might be an area in the code itself that basically um, is causing the, the program to not run or to cause an error. So um, there is a lot of time, you know, sitting at the program, looking at it, but um, that, that is a con in itself. But um, it's just important to be patient with it, to take your time, and then you know, also just to work with the team um, to um, help uh, improve uh, you know, some of those coding aspects. Yeah, I had some of my issues as well. I had to go to Stack Overflow and um, what else, Reddit for some help, but yeah. Right. Uh, Sean, my last question is for people who are undecided, but you know, like technology or people who are getting back into school, uh, why should those people major in CS? Um, because it's, uh, it's a growing industry. Like I said before, uh, jobs are needed for this and you know, CS is actually replacing a lot of jobs. Um, as technology advances, um, you know, there's in, in those fields itself, uh, there's gonna be more jobs uh, created alongside. So um, it's going to be growing and it's still growing a lot of um, if you actually look on 
um, Bureau of Labor Statistics. And if you go on the, the computer science aspect of it, or even a certain jobs, for example, um, software engineering. Uh, if you look under like the, the growth for the next few years, it's, it's growing. And you can do the same thing for web programming, for software engineering, um, database managing. Uh, these companies are going to need, need jobs for this. So uh, the job market will always be out there. You can always learn new things. And um, yeah, that's pretty much about it. All right. Well, that's all that I have for now. Um, thank you so much for coming by, Sean. Uh, I want to wish you good luck after you graduate. And I, hope, and I hope to hear you back. Uh, maybe I can get you for an episode after what happens after you graduate. I'd like to for do sure. an episode of that. For sure. I would, like, I would for sure love to come back and talk about uh, work experience. Definitely. I think the listeners would love to hear that. Uh, thank you so much, Sean, and you have a nice day. All right. Thank you. You too. Well, that was a good first interview, I would say. But that's all we have for today's episode. Check back next time when we drop a new episode. And please follow us on Twitter at ACM underscore Apex. That is ACM underscore Apex for notifications for new episodes and other resources I didn't get to cover in an episode, but wanted to mention so that you can read it. And hopefully it'll help you on your journey as a CS major. I'm Carlos, and I'll see you later. <laughs>